Do you ever feel like you've got no time? But then you check your screen time report on your phone and you spent like 10 hours on Instagram this week. Yeah, me too. And I know I've spoken about this before, but I often find it impossible to find that balance between using tech and social media to benefit my work and my relationships and my happiness. And then when it all starts to become an all-consuming time suck. We live in the 21st century and for many of us that means that forgoing a mobile phone or deleting all social media accounts just isn't an option. So today we're going to examine why tech can be so addictive and how we can take back control of our time and our brains. I'm Ed Stott and you're here on That's Helpful. Every week we're working to build our best lives one episode at a time. Now, one thing that is essential to our health is sleep. And you might have heard a couple of brilliant extra episodes, if I do say so myself, drop into your feed over the last couple of weeks. One on how to sleep smarter and think better. Dr. Penny Lewis is incredible. And one of her top tips is an eye mask. Believe it or not, it can actually make you smarter and boost your brain. You've got to check that episode out. And the other episode is with the woman who created Gentle Parenting on how to master your kid's sleep cycle for quality rest without the tears, without the fighting. Both well worth a listen. Go take a look in the feed. These episodes are both thanks to our friends at Sleeping Duck and they've come on board to help me help you in boosting such a vital area of our health. So if you need a new mattress or bed, you can get the absolute best quality for comfort and your back while saving thousands. It's called The Sleeping Duck and you should ask your friends about it. You buy it online, it's delivered to your door and it comes with a fully adjustable comfort system that allows you to tweak the firmness independently for you and your partner all in your own home. While we're talking Sleeping Duck, check out their bed too. It's built with 50 kilos of structural grade S235 steel. That's a steel beam under each individual sleeper to prevent back damaging mattress sag. Sleeping Duck sets a new standard for sleep and being manufacturer direct, it's incredible value. For your risk-free 100 night trial, visit sleepingduck.com. Sleeping Duck, one giant leap for your sleep. Now today's guest is Vivek Wadwa. He is a distinguished fellow at the Labour and Work-Life Problem at Harvard Law School and the author of Your Happiness Was Hacked, Why Tech is Winning the Battle to Control Your Brain and How to Fight Back. So Vivek, can you tell me, how did you first become interested in it and why is it that you decided to write the book? Uh, you know, um, I've been studying advancing technologies, everything from AI to quantum computing. This is what I research. This is what I teach. I do corporate workshops for business executives, and I teach that. And here, living here in Silicon, I moved here you know, about 15 years ago, whatever, and living here in Silicon Valley, I also know who's who. I mean, Sheryl uh, uh, Sandberg lived a few blocks from my house, for example, and I would call her and Zuckerberg friends. We exchanged emails. It was all very cordial and and um, I mean, I, you know, Elon Musk, uh, he and I went out drinking long, long ago, and uh, I became a big fan of his. So I was a, a big fanboy for the tech industry. I used to write, I had a syndicated column for the Washington Post. So I'd write about them, rah, 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 rah. It was mostly all positive until I began to realize the dark sides of technology. 
So I wrote a book, Driving the Driverless Car, How Our Technology Choices Will Make the Future, which talked about the amazing future we're headed into that we'll be able to do everything from solving the problems of hunger and poverty and uh, clean energy and also, uh, you know, live healthy lives uh, thanks to technology. And I was, you know, rah, rah, rah about social media. I, I wrote, uh, you know, a piece of, about how Zuckerberg could revolutionize social media and make the world a small place, all the wonderful things. Until I started realizing that um, it's not happening, that the same companies that should be doing good for the world are doing evil. And, and then um, also I noted my own addiction to technology, that I would wake up every morning. The first thing I would do is put on my smartphone to check if there are any messages. And then hopping out of bed, if I could hold myself, I'd go directly to my uh, desktop and uh, start answering emails. So that's what motivated Alex and I to write uh, Your Happiness Was Hacked. Um, and, and, you know, explain exactly what's going on, what the psychology is, what the, what the techniques they're using, and what the hell do we do about it? Uh, needless to say that uh, Zuckerberg stopped responding to my emails, and um, I didn't call these people friends anymore. Um, so I pissed off a lot of people in Silicon Valley, but I had to speak up. I mean, it was one of those things. Mm, absolutely. So let's get into it. I want to dig deep into just how we're being exploited because I think that is really important and an essential block in kind of pushing back against this, um, you know, crunch on our brains and on our minds. So tell me, how is this technology designed to keep us engaged? What what are some of the tips and tricks that are being employed that make this technology so hard to put down? First of all, how do you build billion-dollar empires? How does the cigarette industry do it? They get you addicted. How does the, how does the alcohol industry do it? They make you addicted. All right. Uh, this is what um, the jewel cigarettes. I mean, everything. It's all about addiction. Because uh, even with uh, medicines, I mean, with the drugs we take, uh, with the prescription drugs we take, it's all about keeping us on lifetime prescriptions. It's not that uh, you need to, you know, take medicines your whole life, but that's where the money is is, um, uh, you know, keeping you hooked, keeping you addicted. So the tech industry is pretty smart. It figured that out. Now, how do you get people addicted? Well, now you go back and look at the work of psychologists from, you know, decades ago. Um, uh, you know, there were, there were a whole sort of research done with pigeons that if you gave pigeons, uh, you put pigeons in a cage and you gave them, uh, you know, a little bit of food, uh, it would teach them how to keep coming back and pecking at it. They did the same thing with mice, that how do you get mice to to you know, keep coming back. So there are a lot of techniques for that. Well, that's what the in tech industry does. You know, you talk about email. Uh, all of us, keep, uh, not all of us, I don't do that anymore, but m- most of us keep notifications on. Every time we get a message, we answer it. If we get an SMS, we, you know, we get a, a different type of uh, ringtone, and we, have, we feel obliged to answer that message immediately. Because the tech industry wanted to get us addicted, so they gave us all of these tools to keep us addicted. So, you, you know, you go to any news source, any website, and it keeps scrolling infinitely. Like whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on Facebook, or whatever it is, you, it's infinite scrolling. Why? Because uh, all the tests reveal that when you're doing infinite scrolling, you're more likely to spend more time on it. Um, you know, on, on Twitter now, Elon Musk's goal is to get people to be on every t- uh, tweet for more than two minutes. The algorithms reward people who or on, or on it. This is one of the things that was exposed from the uh, looking at the algorithms. That if you if you watch videos for more than two minutes, your your uh, tweet will get promoted longer. Why? Because they want you on there the longest time. And then uh, what sells on social media? 
what gets you most excited it isn't good news it, you know it's angry things right it's um, uh, sensational news f- fake news i mean why because fake news is the most interesting um, uh, you know we we're, we're always looking for the exciting you know the, the national enquirer you have got it on the supermarket uh, you know shelves sensationalized news right that's what sells and, and people glance at it and they they'll spend 5 bucks buying us you know a rag like that because it's got sensational news the same thing so uh, the algorithms in facebook facebook started this the algorithms in facebook reward the most sensational the most negative the most nasty uh, you know messages because it gets people more, you know coming back for more all the tech industry cares about is coming back for more so that's step 1 step 2 how do you how do you make money from getting back by more you start learning everything you can about the user so you watch everything they do so facebook tracks you everywhere you go they've got these facebook pixels on every site you go to and they'll give the websites a cut of the action so they'll get a fraction of a cent every time they send back uh, uh, information about where this person was so uh, facebook knows that edwina was uh, on abc news one moment and then she went on vogue another moment then she went on this shop- shopping site she clicked on this link she bought this product so voila uh, they figure out you know what you are they figure out your menstrual cycles they figure out your health because also in the united states i don't know if the same it's the same in australia and other countries or not but they keep track of of which doctors you've been to because the doctors have apps to keep track of their patients and they've got their facebook pixel on that app so they know which specialist you went to you went to a gynecologist you went to a brain surgeon god knows what it might be but they keep track of everywhere you win you you've been so they the tech industry knows you better than you know yourself they know mm. about your likes your dislikes why because you've got the like button on facebook and you tell facebook what you like right you tell facebook who your friends are you go to the extent of posting photos and labeling them so that they can you know recognize their pictures itself why so that it knows who your circle is what you eat what you like what you dislike where you go um why you behave the way you do so they can serve you targeted ads so now you know they want you there all the time on their websites and then they want to be able to uh, target ads to you so they can sell you things that you don't want to buy and then they go to the advertisers and say look we know uh, our customers better than you do before how do was advertising done they take out ads in magazines who reads magazines now no one does and those ads were were targeted in entire community so they were generic ads because you know you didn't know anything about the person who was reading it well now if you've been to the gynecologist they're going to start selling you all sorts of supplements they're going to figure out you know what are your other needs are and then when you've had a baby they also know that so they're going to sell start selling you diapers and uh, and then they're going to sell it to the medical industry who are going to start selling you drugs that you don't need right it's all this is why these companies are now worth you know in the trillion dollars uh, uh, you know us dollars i mean it's crazy that they've become the most valuable companies in the world because they have um, learned everything they can about us um, and um, you know um, they can sell us anything they want to sell us they can program us they can change they can really influence our our political thinking they can influence our likes and our dislikes because they know us they got us figured out that's yeah. the game that the tech industry plays 
Absolutely. And these companies have more power than many governments around the world now. You said, you know, yeah, big time, because look at Cambridge Analytica, look at Donald Trump. You know, these companies have control over uh, what happens in politics, what happens in the world. They make millions and millions and millions of dollars. They have immense power. And then the irony is, is then we sit on our phones and we berate ourselves for being addicted to them. And we have no idea just how much research, money, time, effort, brains have been pumped into making this tech addictive. And you sit at home and make yourself feel awful because you can't put down Instagram. It's not you. And it's it's just this awful cycle, right? Yep, it's, um, I mean, they've, you know, perfected the art of conning us. I mean, so, you know, like going to a casino, everything in the casino is laid out, everything is, mm-hmm. is um, situated in a way to keep you uh, spending all the money you have. So when you go to a slot machine, you keep pulling the slot over and over again, and it gives you small payouts so that, you know, it's, those are slot machines that are, are uh, designed to keep you coming back. So you keep winning some money and that reward makes you feel really good. But overall, you're losing money, right? Mm. So the tech industry figured out how these slot machines work. Why do people uh, you know, keep putting money into it? How does it work? What's the psychology behind it? They got uh, the leading uh, psychologist to, to guide them in all of this to make their tech addictive. It's a, it's a plot. The tech mm. industry really is trying to uh, steal our happiness. Absolutely. And so we've touched on it a little bit there, but just how much research and testing and time goes into optimizing the addictiveness of this tech? Billions of dollars. This is what, um, uh, I mean, TikTok is is a new sensation right now. TikTok has perfected the art of keeping people addicted. They learned all the things they could from Silicon Valley uh, and, you know, they took it one step further. They, um, um, so... It's all, literally, it's, you know, they make billions of dollars and they spend billions of dollars on this research and using techniques to keep us addicted. It is a game. You know, we've turned into a game for them. Mm, We don't stand a chance. So... How do we know? Obviously, I think maybe from our conversation, if you have a smartphone, you're probably going to be influenced by this. But how do we know if we are addicted to this tech? How do we know if this has become a problem for us? Is there a definition around tech addiction? Uh, Edwina, if the first thing you're doing when you check in the way wake up in the morning is to check your social media or check your email. <laughs> and the last thing you do, uh, you know, in the evening is to check your email. You're addicted, right? Oh, so it's very simple. You don't need, you know, you don't need a psychologist. You don't need, uh, you know, to get some fancy tests. It's that simple. If you, you know, feel obliged to respond every time your um, your your phone beeps at you that uh, you have a message coming in, you're addicted. So as I was saying, we used to write letters. Okay, uh, I didn't finish that thought. So. Those letters were, uh, you know, we'd get them every day, we'd read them, and okay, then we were over and done with it. Uh, before, when we used to come home, uh, some of us uh, who worked in certain professions would carry beepers with us, but those beepers rarely went off. And when we went home, we were, we were done, okay? Now, if you come home and you check email, you check your, uh, your messages, your, your Slack or your messages from the office after you've come home, you're addicted, all right? It's that simple. 
Yeah, and collectively as a society, it's changing us too. I want to get your perspective on this, but one of the things that I've noticed in particular is that um, like my background as a journalist, I work for the BBC, for the ABC, and our remit as a journalist is to present stories and from a whole broad range of perspectives that we deem to be um, really important for society and for people to know about. Now, the way that is changing, um, and I've seen this and we've seen this across the world, you know, the ABC has announced they're going entirely digital within three years, so no radio, no TV, all on demand. The BBC is doing the same thing on a longer time frame. Now, what scares me about that is that increasingly, as journalists, we are pressured to prioritize the stories that drive clicks, that drive attention on social media, that boost engagement, and the really important stories that perhaps aren't, you know, as clickbaity or aren't as clickable, get left by the wayside and aren't being prioritized. It's having huge impact on society. Is that something you've noticed? Yes, it's it's a fact. I mean, it's not something to notice. It's uh, it's as clear as could be. And long form journalism is a dying breed now. So we have Completely. all of these, uh, you know, clickbait websites that you know, even when the BBC and ABC do, you know, detailed thorough stories, then you have all of these websites who just do, you know, uh, uh, two minute versions of them, five hundred word versions, and they get all the clicks. They sensationalize it, add some ridiculous heading to it. Uh, or and, and then you have a whole bunch of websites that do fake versions of it. That'll, that'll just uh, sensationalize it even further. So mm. it, th- this is a fact. And mm. it's polarizing society. Uh, Australia is the same as America, is the same as England, is the same as India. They were becoming polarized like never before. So do we stand any chance in terms of a solution? Is there anything that we can be doing to protect ourselves personally from the impacts of this technology and its addictive um, properties? Yeah, you know, um, I, was, I was going to um, read just some of the um, uh, you know things I wrote in the book because this I wrote this was like three or four years ago, so I have to read my own book now uh, <laughs> because I, I focus on so many topics, but... You know, what you have to do is with every technology, you have to ask yourself some questions. Does it make us happier or sadder? Do we need to use it as part of our lives or work? Does it warp our sense of time and place in unhealthy ways? Does it change our behavior? Um, is, it, is our use of it hurting those around us? If we stopped using it, would we really miss it? All right. So there's, these are seven you know, questions you ask with every technology. So whether it be your smartphone, whether it be, be your iPad, whether it be your TV, whatever it might be, if it's a technology, ask those questions. If the answer is it is hurting you, then you figure out how to use it less. So you know, we, there's no way we can stop using our smartphones. But if you look on your smartphone, you probably, you've got a few dozen apps on there. You go through every app and say, do I, you ask the same questions, do I really need, need this app? Do I need Facebook on it? Uh, you know, because with Facebook, you don't need the app. You can literally go to the website every now and then. And, you know, once or twice a week, you go on and see, hey, is anything interesting happening? You don't need to use Facebook every day or 10 times a day, as people do. So you've you got to do that with every technology. And then you do simple things like turning notifications off. You know, I found, you know, uh, I found that my... Uh, Life, just one simple thing made life so much. I turned all notifications off on my phone. 
uh, email, no notifications. I, I check email every half hour or so now. I mean, sometimes more, if, you know, if I'm in the middle of a conversation. But then email comes to me when I want it. I don't go to email when it demands. I, I go to it. The same thing with uh, text messages. You can literally, in, in, in every app, you can uh, silence notifications by person. If, if you know, if your daughter is, has, is, is, you know, children have gone out somewhere and, and you need to be in touch with them, by all means, give them priority and, and leave notifications on for them. But for everyone else, switch notifications off. So whenever you check every hour or two, uh, you, uh, you can always find if they said anything. You know, if, if something is really urgent, then people will call you. Um, so, and then also what I do is most of the time I leave my phone on do not disturb. I even override the, because doing the, uh, and, and again, on do not disturb, I have my children uh, on, a, on a VIP list. And I've told them that, look, if you call, it's, my, it's going to ring. So make sure you don't call me uh, unless uh, at night, you know, after eight o'clock, after nine o'clock, basically 12. And so if it's an emergency, I know they'll get through to me. But all other notifications are off. Even uh, phone calls are off. So my voicemail, when, when you uh, do call me, says that, hey, um, I don't check um, a voicemail. Send me an email. Um, um, because nothing is that urgent that you have to be contacted immediately. So if you just by reducing the amount of noise, you'll find that your life is a lot simpler. And then, uh, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, realize that when your friends post messages on uh, social media, on, on Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, it's all bullshit. I mean, they're... they're <laughs> Uh, you know, just showing you a few glimmers of the things that went right. It's their lives are the same as yours are. They're, they're as miserable as you are. <laughs> they also have fights. They also, you know, things go wrong. Uh, most of the time uh, they're stressed out. It's, they don't live in paradise. No one lives in paradise. So when you read about, you know, the lives of the rich and famous, they're the most miserable people in the world. Um, you know, all these billionaires and so on, they're really the unhappiest meanest, cruelest people in the world because they have too much money. So you don't need too much money. You can be very happy with less. Mm -hmm. You can live a simpler lifestyle and, and you know, spend more time with your family and, and be much better off, even with your children. I mean, uh, what parents do with their children is that they use um, um, the iPads and you know, the, the devices they give them as a babysitter. Don't do it. I mean, you know, get them uh, simple toys. You'll find that your, your young children are very happy with the most basic of toys. They can go in their backyard and start stacking up uh, you know, some rocks and, and, and be happier with that than an ultra-expensive uh, high-tech toy that you buy them. Go back to the basics over there. You'll find that you're happier. Your family is happier. Spend time with them. You know, just have a rule that um, you know, dinner time, you, you, you know, between 7 and, and, uh, and 9, you're going to switch off every device. The family's going to sit down and, 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 and spend some time together. This is family time. And then 9 o'clock, you check your messages, then you switch your phones off. It's it for the rest of the day. By 9.30, everything is off. And no, you know, no more electronics. Everyone has you know, different needs. You basically uh, now realize that you know, uh, the technology is trying to keep you hooked. It's your enemy. It's not your friend. And it's up to you to manage your time and you manage your technology in a healthy way. And, and if you do that, you'll be a lot happier. It strikes me that the key that you, um, you know, 
work off is resetting those boundaries and making sure that you are in the control of the tech and it's not in control of you. And by turning off those notifications, that's kind of the key to this, right? Yes, that notification is the, the, the number one thing you must do. Go through all the things on your phone which have uh, you know notification options. Turn the freaking notifications off. All right, and then learn how to use Do Not Disturb. Whether you're on an iPhone, whether you're on an Android phone, Do Not Disturb works beautifully well. Put a couple of you know, um, we, you know, very important uh, you know people on it, your friends and family uh, uh, who really won't bother you, and tell your friends and family that you're on this list. You're subject to not bothering me. Uh, <laughs> I love it. But if you break it, you're going to be on the list with everyone else. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's all about those boundaries. And so how can we, so like a lot of us, like for me, for this podcast, you know, I hate the amount of a time suck that Instagram is or social media, you know, marketing. I love connecting with my listeners and I love connecting with people who support the show. Like that is just pure joy to me. I absolutely adore it. But the thing I don't like is the fact that I go on there to connect with people um, and, you know, see how people are enjoying the podcast and if I'm giving them what they want. But then I'll get sucked into like 10 minutes of funny dog videos and then feel crap. And then, you know, it's just impossible. So how is there anything that we can do to kind of <coughs> mitigate the addictiveness of this tech whilst we're using it? Okay, what you do is you set aside maybe 15, 20 minutes a day for those dog videos because they are fun. <laughs> They're good, right? You know, you know, your life would be incomplete without them. But what you do is you say, okay, uh, you put my camera calendar. This is, you know, uh, cat videos and dog videos time. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's half an hour a day, you know, if you want to be generous to yourself. You be, so that if you, if you happen to be on your thing, you see it, you just bookmark it and you come back to it later on. So you've set aside the time to do it and you've, uh, you know, rationed that time. So you still have the fun, but it's not taking over your life. It, you know, you're basically, it's satisfying you on demand versus, you know, commanding you and telling you to watch it. And you're in control of the tech. Yes. I mean, uh, what I do is that every hour or so, I set aside five or 10 minutes just to keep up with what's going on. It gives me the latest news. And, uh, and you know, and I'm just, I spend that five or 10 minutes. Um, that's the way I ration my time. But the rest of the time, I don't, I don't uh, even look at the screen. Yeah, I love that because I think the thing that makes me feel so terrible about doing that is because I didn't want to do it. It's just, you know, I've just gotten swept up on it and it's had that control in me and it's captured my attention. Yeah. Oh, I definitely am. It's so bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I definitely so, am. You know, I spend a lot of time on Twitter because that's my, that's my key news source. Yeah. And I follow, uh, you know, uh, people I trust and they post interesting stuff there. But my uh, quota is 10 minutes every hour yeah. maximum. I like it. So that, that, that's, and that's when I'm not busy. Yeah. When I'm busy, I, I'll, I'll just do it once in the morning, once in the evening, and that's it. Okay. Okay. I'm getting a good picture. This is making me feel better and like I can do something about it. So this is... Yeah. You can, and, and small steps. Yeah. You don't have to do everything at once. Just do simple things and you'll find that uh, you, you become more and more satisfied. You become less and less addicted. You take control of your lives, your, your own life. Mm. And we can take that approach for our personal lives, our homes, and also businesses. If we have any control over what happens in our workplace, carefully consider the new uh, technologies that we're bringing into those workplaces because things like Slack, God damn it, that's just another way to nag people, right? There's so many ways of contacting me. 
<laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of uh, business executives realize that, so they they limit even uh, you know the Slack discussions and so on, and they don't encourage people to be on all the time because you get sucked into it. And so personally, there's some really great tools there to take back control. But what about for broader society? You know, how can we create change in terms of how this tech operates with us? And how can we create broader change as a community? Okay, that's a different book you've got to read. (laughs) (laughs) That's driving the driving car again. Because what the book posits is that... um, um, you know, uh, then because I, I said I go from everything from AI into to quantum computing, sensors, uh, you know, synthetic biology. I talk about all, all of these amazing advances that are happening and the good things about technology is how we're going to be able to solve the grand challenge, challenges of humanity, everything from curing cancer to uh, now, you know, dealing with the power, problems of, of hunger and uh, clean energy and so on. The book goes through all of them. It talks about the good of the technology. It talks about the bad. And then the question is, how do you, uh, your question, how do you now... Uh, change society. Mm. Well, well the, the way it works is that laws are codified ethics, right? Your, uh, our policymakers essentially take what they think is uh, ethical and what will get them elected. Codified ethics is really, it's, um, it, it, they become one and the same thing. And um, ethics are a consensus that's re- reached by society. And until you understand the technology, you can't reach a consensus on it. So it's start by learning the technology. Like with AI, our regulators are getting a crash course in the dangers of AI. So you learn about it, and then you start uh, discussing it with, with other people. And you come to a consensus. You tell your policymakers what the laws must be. Their job is to do what, what society wants. Mm. But it starts with us learning. So it starts with, with, you know, with us getting control of our lives, us understanding what these technologies are and d- developing an opinion on whether they're good or bad. Don't go down ra- rat holes like my friend John did, you know, and uh, go into this weird, uh, oh, 5G is evil, it's going to eat us. Uh, well, don't go down, you know, don't go, because all this, this really is craziness. Realize also that uh, in these filter bubbles, you're being brainwashed. You're, you know, this is, these are the techniques that, are, uh, that uh, governments use for brainwashing. You're going down the rat hole to being brainwashed. Don't fall into it. Nothing is that evil. Nothing is that clear cut. There aren't conspiracies. You know, and the, the, yeah, you can have you know evil politicians. You can have people doing bad, but there aren't society wide uh, you know conspiracies to destroy us and so on. It's just a bunch of people who do stupid things. So what you have to do is now understand the good and the bad of technology, and then work with your community and start you know speaking up and educating others about it and and tell your policymakers what's right and what's wrong and what they should do. Mm. They work for us. I love it. Absolutely. Taking back control. I really, really love this. And and because as you say, you know, this technology is incredibly useful. It gives me so much joy to be able to talk to the people who listen to the podcast and who support it. You know, I would have never been able to do that. And I would never have been able to have a a podcast. But, you know, there's some brilliant things. But I guess it's all about reevaluating the fact that we are actually in control of this tech and we decide when we use it and how we use it, not the other way around. Think about ice cream. Ice cream is wonderful okay yeah you know um, and you can pick and choose your flavors but within moderation <laughs> i love it if we only take one thing from this conversation as well as technology ice cream <laughs> is there anything else we should take Vivek? no that really it's up to us uh, this is the most amazing period in human history when we're going to be able to solve the big problems and and we really could build the future of star trek 
if we got our act together. But at the same time, you have the darkness of Mad Max. You have good and evil happening at the same time. And the more we understand about the good and the power of technology, and the more we take control of it, the more likely it is that we reach the future of Star Trek and spend our time shooting for the stars, not having to worry about the day-to-day -day making money and fighting wars and each other. And each other. We now work to uplift humanity. That's the future that I believe we can build. That's what driving the driverless car was about, saying that, look, this we have this choice. I think we can get to Star Trek, but let's start by understanding it and using technology for good and not for evil. I love it. Thank you so much, sure. Vivek. You're doing incredibly important work and we appreciate you. Thank you. Anytime, my friend. Vivek Wadwa is a distinguished fellow at the Labour and Work 5 program at Harvard Law School and the author of Your Happiness Was Hacked, Why Tech is Winning the Battle to Control Your Brain and How to Fight Back. I'll pop all the links to Vivek's books in the show notes. You can check it out and his contact details, where to find him on social media, ironically. But he's not there very often, just remember that. And while you're spending your 10 minutes a day on Instagram, come find me in the podcast. I'm on there at That's Helpful Pod. I would love to see you on there. Like I say, it brings me so much joy hearing what you guys think of the podcast episodes. And if you have a particular episode that you want to hear, get in touch. Send me an email. My email's in the show notes or send me a message on Instagram. I would genuinely love to hear from you. As always, I'll be incredibly grateful if you could leave me a review wherever you listen. It takes two seconds. On Spotify, you can give me some stars or on Apple Podcasts, you can even write a review if you're feeling like it. Okay, I will catch you again next time. I will see you soon, lovely people. I'm Ed Stott and I am so grateful for you joining me every week. You have no idea how much joy it brings me. I sincerely hope that's helpful. <laughs>